A big thank you to our sponsor, iFixit, who fights for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She's a beacon of hope in the darkest night. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She'll teach you how to make it all alright. Hey there, hi, my name is Mercury, and I'm the trans handy ma'am. My pronouns are she, her, and I teach compassionate DIY. We're here to help renters, LGBTQIA members, and anyone who's feeling left out in a DIY space. Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, thank you for listening to this episode of the Handy Ma'am Hotline. As always, I'm joined by my amazing, uh, fantastic, uh, beautiful (laughs) (laughs) co-host, Maggie Conrad. Hey, everybody. How's everyone doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We have a whole bunch of questions that Maggie has selected for us today. I have never heard any of these questions. We're going to get real knee deep in the whole DIY and (laughs) we're going to do all the things. But I also want to do an update. I just moved last week. It was the first time in eight years I have moved from my apartment. And I will say a few things. If you are someone who is moving Mm -hmm. and you have a friend who has some type of steam cleaner, I recommend it. (laughs) Basil coming in clutch with a steam cleaner. Our very good friend and employee and co-worker, Basil, came with a steam cleaner last week. And I got to tell you, I've never seen those walls (laughs) and the ceiling looking that good. Yeah. It's absolutely worth it, especially if you're someone who, like, really cares about cleaning your space or really care about getting your deposit back. Mm -hmm. A steam cleaner, wow, I am shocked. (laughs) I am shocked how well that worked and it didn't damage the the ceiling or the walls wow like not really you got to be really careful you can get some paint to peel if you're doing it inappropriately but it really worked on the kitchen it worked Mm. in the microwave it worked on the fridge it worked in everything I've never seen that space that clean. It was absolutely not so but so, Maggie. Like not re- so but so, not so but so. <laughs> no, absolutely. It was just wild. Cool. I will say another thing. We didn't do it this past time around Mm-mm. because we were really flying on the seat of our pants. You know, again, when you the longer you live in a place, the mm-hmm. harder the move is, yeah. right? Especially if you're moving from one apartment to another apartment. We were technically, we didn't have a place to live for about one day yeah. because we had that weird crossover where. Our lease was up on May 31st at noon, and our next lease didn't start until noon the next day, right? right. Was yep. that what it was? Yeah. yeah. And that's like a hard place to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, I think we loaded up the van. We loaded up the U-Haul on the Tuesday. Yep. And then we just left everything in the truck on yep. Wednesday and then moved it on Thursday. Yep. So that was rough sauce. <laughs> but something that I recommend that we didn't necessarily do, and that is... They make those little corner blocks for when you mail stuff, Mm, right? Those little corner, like, cardboard things. Sure. I recommend putting that and taping that on corners of walls. Oh, yeah. And especially if you're moving into a place. If you're moving into a place and there is no damage yet, right? Mm -hmm. Even when you're living in a place for eight years, it's just going to be your corners, your walls are just going to get nicked up. There's just no way around it, right? Right. But when you're moving into a place, you want to keep that nice. 
you could do that. You could just take cardboard of any kind and just bend it around there mm-hmm. and bend it a few times and cut it up and then put it on your corners to protect your doorways. You could do it on your frame. You could do it on your walls. Mm-hmm. It's a great little technique that really matters a lot, but I would recommend that. Also, for cleaning, there's there's this stuff out there called Ecolab. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Ecolab, sorry. And Ecolab makes a bleach whitening spray that... I have never experienced before, mm-hmm. but we I was trying new stuff to see what we would want to promote on the show or promote, you know, on my, my videos. And I was shocked. My shower was <laughs> as blue as my hair is. Like, uh-huh. it was pretty, my shower yeah. was no longer white. It has been, it, I got, I blew that motherfucker pretty bad. There was blue everywhere. There's blue on the ceiling, and I'm not even sure how that happened. <laughs> You know, so we use two things. We use the steam cleaner and we uh-huh. also use that bleach whitening. Matt will contest, right? M- yeah. Matt, you, what do you think? Was that like absolutely wild how that whitening, whitening spray worked? It was literally like magic. Like I could stand there and watch wow. it fade. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it faded in front of us. Wow. Uh, and the best part is there was no damage. Yeah. There was literally no damage to that nice. shower. So if you're looking for products or moving sometime soon, those are some tips and tricks that I would throw out there. And if you make a bookshelf that is two <laughs> bookshelves connected, and the only way that you can get it out of your room and in a tiny little hallway is to take it apart. I want you to make sure that you measure that before you did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no specific reason <laughs> or anything. I didn't and do anything And whatever you do, silly. don't open the entire wall to fit it through the studs. Yeah. I. <laughs> we were trying to get this mega bookshelf that I built. I built yeah. this big double-decker bookshelf for my spouse mouse. In our second bedroom. Mm-hmm. And it was like their little library. They almost they have like 800 books. So they're like... They're many, books, many boxes. They books. care about books <laughs> so much. And they're it's like a collection for them, yeah. you know? So in order to get it out, I got to put it down mm-hmm. facing flat. And then I got to turn it on its side. Because it's so tall, you can't do that while it's upright. Yeah. And then you have to just slide it out on an angle to get it into the hallway. And then go into the second bedroom. So that's how long oh. this thing is. <laughs> I had to remove a door uh-huh. in order to get it into the second bedroom. But the thing is, I measured every single aspect. I measured the depth of it. Uh-huh. I measured the height of it. I measured the width of it. And I knew that goddamn thing could get out. <laughs> but the thing is, I measured all that before uh-huh. I added the back on. Oh. And the back that I added on was like a half-inch thick plywood. Why did I use that (laughs) thick of plywood, you ask? I don't know. I don't know. I thought to myself, I want to make sure this bookshelf is never taken apart. I want to make sure it could survive a tornado. And it does. It does. But I had to take the whole darn thing apart, the whole back of it off in order to get it out. But while we were struggling with that, I had this weird two o'clock in the morning thought was, <laughs> well, you know, the width of it is more narrow than two studs. And I did think for a moment <laughs> that I could put a hole through the wall uh-huh. and then slide the damn bookshelf out through the door. Yeah. That would have been sure. nuts. You're could the you, trans handy man. You just put that wall back together. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine ZZ waking up well, to that? They would have killed you. <laughs> could you imagine the property manager seeing that and just being like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> 
You know? When did you do this? I bought a day ago. I bought a day ago. Yeah, I got to get that big bookshelf out. I'm um, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> absolutely wild. But anything, that, that's where my life is at. Yeah. Uh, Maggie. Yes. Are we ready? We are ready. To get some cues out there and me throw some A's at it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. The first one, um, this is from Ash, and their pronouns are she, he, they. Mm. Um. And they have a cute little picture they sent to you. How do I take off my shower handle that controls the hot and cold water when the Allen wrench socket thing is stripped? Ooh, ooh, I see it on yep. the screen Thanks, over Matt. here. Wow, I see it on the screen over here. And I got to tell you, ouch. Okay, so there's a few ways that you can deal with this, okay? Ash, there is a few ways you can deal with this. And if you have like a whole kit that has all the little bits and tricks to it, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your star bit, your flatheads, your your little weird things. That, you know, like those big, yeah. ginormous things that have like every drill bit known to man. Mm-hmm. If you have one of those, I highly recommend investing in one of those, first of all, because they're really fucking handy. Yeah. I fix it, ironically enough, does have some great... I use them all the time. Yeah. I fix it little... This is... I know Our sponsor. we're sponsor. I know we're sponsored by <laughs> iFixit. But I'm serious. iFixit has a lot of, yeah. like, knickknacks that I really like. And they have a whole screwdriver set that mm-hmm. has, like... I think it has, like, 250 bits on it. Or maybe 300 bits in one of them. Yeah, in yeah. the biggest one. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a couple, it's, it's a wild. Lot. Yeah. But you... If you try a bunch of different sizes and mm-hmm. options, mm-hmm. you might find something that fits that new stripped hole. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Because when you strip the hole, there's still a hole. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you strip it to the point where it's like so flanged out yeah. that you can't get it, we might have more of an issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, here's the truth of all this. I'm looking at, I looked at that shower handle. Mm-hmm. That shower handle is, you know, pretty basic. It looks like a mowing. And mowing shower handles have a very specific base to it. They kind of like curve down. Mm-hmm. And you can cut that off with some type of cutters, like even a Dremel. Oh, sure. If you cut into it, right, you want to be really careful you're not nicking the pipe underneath mm-hmm. it. But if you cut into it on the top and the bottom, you can sometimes wiggle it apart and it'll break in half. Oh, sure. So if you can cut like halfway through the metal on the top and the bottom and like get it to be... You know enough to to loosen up. You can probably get it out, and then that screw still might be in it in mm-hmm. the underneath part, right? Uh, it might be. It might also just be in the the diverter itself. I'm not positive exactly how this might work on your handle. It might not, but but if it's into if that set screw is still somehow an issue, mm-hmm. you can take a vice grips or some type of pliers and just then pull it out you can't do that when it's recessed right yeah. but if you can take the cover of the handle off mm-hmm. a i think that 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 set screw might just come right off like i think sure. that's going to not be an issue Fall at right that up. point but and then you could just replace it and it's like an eight to ten dollar handle they're not that expensive moen makes great universal ones too mm-hmm. like you can in any hardware store you can go to you can get a moen shower handle and you're good to go but yeah that's the that's a quick answer there now if that doesn't work like if you if that just isn't a way to, to work it you can get an extractor bit you can get an we have an extraction set here oh an extraction drill bit set that hooks into a drill and then kind of like drills into the set screw sure and then you can just like put it in reverse and then it pops it out when it's recessed that way, it's a little bit more difficult. It's mm-hmm. not 
easy by any means. And I would say that an extraction bit out of 10 times, maybe that'll work maybe five, maybe four times. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the ratio is good enough to be like, "Mm, maybe. But I usually use it like it's my third choice. Sure. Yeah, it's a rough one. Because it can like break the screw off. And yeah. Then, like part if, of the screw still stuck. Well, in there, it might right? even crack the handle. So mm-hmm. like if if you're trying to keep the handle, yeah. uh, I think you, you're not gonna have luck. You're gonna need to replace that set screw anyways. Yeah. And to be honest, it's the handle isn't that expensive. It's justifiable that you can get a replacement right, for right. it. So that would be Ash. I hope good luck. Good luck. Ash. Ash. I think you're gonna kill it. <laughs> I really think you're gonna kill it a lot. Also, is that a Snapchat filter? I think is that so. What, is that? Snapchat filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had like little bear ears and a little yeah. uh, flower on his nose, and yeah. you know, I, 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 I just gotta say, what a cute bear. Those Snapchat, <laughs> those Snapchat filters are getting cool and hip. You know, God, I mean, I am so fucking old sometimes. <laughs> I swear to God, someone asked me the other day if I was on Snapchat, and I was like, yeah, like, for nudes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Snapchat was, like, past my generation. Yeah, no, Snapchat, <laughs> like, 10 years ago, you only gave someone a Snapchat if you were, like, you know, winky, winky, you know what I mean? And now it's, like, everyone's using Snapchat. It, like, yeah. like, popular TikTokers and Instagram people are on yeah. Snapchat and, like, have a following, and I'm like... Okay, that's a thing people are doing. <laughs> are they just showing nudes or something? Like, what are they doing in Snapchat? I, still, I have no idea how it works either. I don't know. Basil will have to teach I, us. I'm showing my age right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go on. Next question, players. Hello, my name is Erin, and I live in Indiana. So my problem isn't necessarily a landlord issue. It's a maintenance person issue should probably explain that. Essentially, the head of maintenance in our apartment complex kind of hates us. Like when we call for any maintenance issue, whether it's routine and a non-emergency or an emergency, for example, or dropped his keys down the elevator shaft one time, we call for help and he tells us, oh, that's not a problem. Figure it out yourself. Really gaslights us and, and we're really me over the edge was when he saw me struggling down the stairs with a heavy suitcase. It was broken and he laughed at me. So what do you do? We've only lived in this place for a few months, right? Like it, it, it we haven't been here long enough to, you know, make, make any bad relationships with anybody. We usually keep to ourselves. So what do you do? How can I like butter this guy up? How can I make him at least treat us with indifference. I would settle for indifference. Respect would be nice. Friendliness would be even nicer. So how do you how do you navigate this kind of relationship? Because he doesn't need us, but we we certainly need him when a drain gets plugged or something like that. So thank you very much, and I appreciate your time. First, I want to say that I can hear it in your voice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, how kind of scared you get about this subject and about how hard this is. Yeah, and I want to just really. I just want to extend my sympathy here and extend my heart because I get it. This is, you know, we, we, every once in a while we get a call where it's like, yeah, that's why I exist. This is why we, we wrote a book. Yep. This is why we do the TikTok. This is why we do the podcast Mm -hmm. is for these situations to like genuinely help people. Cause there's a power imbalance. Yeah. I mean, all you can hear it. You can Mm -hmm. hear it in their voice right there. Like, The like we like he doesn't need us, but we mm-hmm. certainly need him. 
Yeah. And that's the problem. That's what everything people don't understand is that like, yeah, you might feel like you're a glorified janitor. And I, honestly, I feel like he's projecting. Yeah. Like as someone who's in this field and have been for a long time, I met a lot of people like this mm-hmm. who just felt like glorified janitors, felt like glorified maids. And I want to be very honest with you. Those jobs are great. There's nothing wrong with that job. Yep. But a lot of people in this industry look down at other people's sure. jobs. And therefore, they internalize their own. Maybe they're not where they want to be. A lot of people in maintenance don't, you know, they're not, they don't turn 20 years old and graduate high school or, or mm-hmm. get out of college seeking a maintenance job, right. right? A lot of people fall into maintenance because things didn't work out for them, right? A lot of people, a lot, a lot, I met so many people who just kind of like, you know, they're on the edge of retirement mm-hmm. um, or they, you know, didn't graduate from trade school or they were going for a sports scholarship and they got hurt mm-hmm. or or they just, you know, they needed a job that was going to pay well and this was what they wanted to do. And a lot of them have this like resentment yeah. towards people who are asking for help. Mm-hmm. The very basis of why they would be in this field and job security is you asking for help. Right. I, I, I feel like there's the, the imbalance here isn't only that he treats you like this. Mm-hmm. The imbalance is that he doesn't understand that you asking for help, you seeking out help, mm-hmm. is in fact job security. Right. Like you needing help, you feeling like the only person you can go to is this man, is genuinely like what keeps him employed. Yep. So I I don't really understand the animosity that mm-hmm. is created here often from technicians. How do we solve that problem? And, and the thing is, this is a psychological issue yeah. that far exceeds my capabilities, that far exceeds my knowledge, and far exceeds, I think, almost anyone's ability to really affect change in this way, right? Mm-hmm. There is no magic wand that will instantly solve this problem, right? right? I am a proponent of communication mm-hmm. and direct communication, right? I'm also a kind of person that kills them with kindness, yep. right? And Maggie knows this about me. If someone's being a fucking dickhead to me, I will always try my best to pursue a level-headed conversation. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's worked with people like that in the industry, is that like they often don't humanize you. Yeah. And I think if they can humanize you, I think that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Sometimes they don't want to be humanized, though. Sometimes they, they, they just don't want to have that connection. Sometimes they don't want to talk to you. Sometimes they treat you, you know, there's people in this industry who treat tenants like they're animals. And I know yeah. that because it, I've had people say to me, they're just a bunch of fucking animals. Mm. And they view tenants like they're lesser people because they don't have property mm-hmm. like they have failed somehow in life and then because they feel like their status in life is that where they want they're projecting that on yeah. other people do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like it's this like cycle effect that they have to be superior than somebody and it might as well be the people they're there to care for so um without him getting the therapy that he obviously needs mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which would honestly be uh, yeah. that, you know, hey, give them a gift card to your local therapist. You know? <laughs> yeah, that'll go over really well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's going to be received just fine, you know. But okay, there's a few things here. Document all of this. Mm-hmm. Write this down. Send it into an email to each other. Like just you and your partner or you and your roommate. 
Send it to each other. Document every single instant you have. And then, you know, you can proceed with trying to communicate with him and mm-hmm. trying to reason with him and trying to appeal to his, you know, human side. And if it doesn't work, right, then you can go above him to the mm-hmm. property manager. Property managers run the property. Yep. And some property managers will side with him. Others are going to side with you. It is a fucking coin flip. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, For every single property manager who would help you, there are five who wouldn't, right. who will side with the maintenance technician because they feel like a team. It's kind of like uh, police officers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's very much in that same realm of, like, us versus them, and they're a part of this, like, mm-hmm. you know, force that they got to stick together, you know? So keep that in mind. That's very much the the world. But you could always file a complaint Mm -hmm. to the actual property management company. If this is a property management company, not just an individual, not just like, you know, a small company. If they have an HR department, this can actually go right to them. Yeah. And then they will keep you anonymous. Like Mm -hmm. they will almost always, especially upon request, will keep you anonymous. You know, so going to the property manager who is literally directly on that property might be a solution. It could get retaliation, right? It could re- it could result in making the situation worse. It's really hard to know. Or you can go directly to human resources at their local company. And, and you can usually find that out online. Like if you go online and type on the property management company, you can kind of like mm-hmm. trace it back yeah. to what the larger management company is. And then you find out answers. So that would be my suggestion. Maggie, do you have thoughts on this one? I think you might. I mean, I think you honestly hit everything that I was thinking. You know, the humanization aspect was definitely something like, you know, small things like baking a plate of cookies and, you know, dropping them off or building the relationship with your property manager. And like you said, killing them with kindness, but also having plan B, you know, start also looking up those names of the HR and everything like that, because, you know, it could be just something as simple as, you know, building a relationship with them. But like you said, you don't know. So I would have that plan B on the ready working as well. I'm going to branch off of something you said, Maggie, that I think is a really interesting ideology and thought. Mm. The whole baking a cookie idea. I like (laughs) it because like when you have him come over right now, Mm -hmm. I, I, I hate placating people's, bad behavior like i hate i hate it he's being an asshole so we shouldn't have to feel like we have to be overly nice to Mm -hmm. deal with his assholeness if he's being a rude person he deserves the rudeness back right that's Mm -hmm. my belief system okay but to be honest, I know the realism of this, right? right? The retaliation of it. He has keys to your apartment. Exactly. He has control over the situation. Yeah, he can put in a bad word. Yeah, again. the power imbalance is there. So yep. this would be my suggestion that I think maybe might work. Next time he comes over for a repair or whatever, he is in your home. I have a bottle of water and some cookies and like mm-hmm. a little glad bag or something like a little glad package or something. And address it to him with a card. You don't need to be there. You do not yeah. need to be there. Have the card say, I think we got off the wrong foot. I really hope you have a good day. Mm, like Here that. is a gift for you, and I want you to be taken care of. Thank you for your help. Mm-hmm. That might be enough. And and I think if you just acknowledge the situation, I think we got off of a bad yep. foot. You yeah. know, I think it might 
make him aware that you feel like you right. got off. And it might be gentle enough to be in that realm. But again, I hate that we have to placate and walk on thin ice mm-hmm. in a situation where he holds the cards and you don't. But right. but that would be my suggestion. That's my idea. I hope that works out for you. And honestly, my heart does go out to you and your partner. And I hope that you two are okay. And also, yeah. by the way, just for the record, dropping the keys down an elevator shaft, you should never, ever, ever as a person. Oh, that is definitely their job. That is That is not just their job. It might actually be a specialist job. And the reason why I say that is because it's illegal for people to go down an elevator shaft who don't have certain licenses. It's illegal to tamper with an elevator shaft, like to even stick anything down it. (laughs) So he could arguably, I mean, that's like, that's like a really, I mean, depending on where he is and what state he's in, but like in Wisconsin, I was never allowed to enter an elevator shaft. No Mm. matter if we had all the safeguards in, I was never allowed to enter now if he's saying you should just request new keys okay but what if what what if your card keys are on there right what if all your other keys are on there you know like i i'm just like confused by that notion you know and i'm like i'm just i'm I'm just i feel real bad that there's people in my industry yeah who go about this in a way where it's like they they really view us versus them and and Mm -hmm. don't see that there is like a cycle of like you know, um, not to like quote a Disney film, but it's a circle of life, motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> we need people who are asking for help for us to be able to do our jobs. Right. And if you don't want to have a job tomorrow, then <laughs> keep it up. People are going to stop asking you for help. They are. Mm-hmm. People will stop asking you for help. And you know what will happen? You will have more work when they move out. Yep. Because they're never going to ask you for help. All those clogs. All the damage to the doors and windows and other th- appliances. Oh, true. All of that is going to pile up. Yep. All that is going to get mm-hmm. worse. All that is going to be a nightmare. And then when they move the fuck out, you're going to have a flip that's going to lose your mind on. Because you were the jackass that closed <laughs> the door by being rude to a stranger that you don't know. You just made your job harder. Yeah. That was yep. always my argument to other tenants, uh, other technicians, was if we treat them well... And they invite us into their home mm-hmm. and we communicate with them. We actually make our jobs easier, not harder. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't see it that way. They see it like, no, 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 no. That we shouldn't have to deal with them being overly emotional and stuff. And it'd be like, we shouldn't have to placate to them. I'm like, yeah, no, we should. We should. <laughs> because we want them. There are our eyes mm-hmm. on the property. There are eyes and ears in ways we can never be. They know what bulbs are out. They know what electrical yeah. issues we're having. They know what outlets are not working. They know those things on that property that we will never know as a technician because we don't typically live there. Right. So if you want to shut down that communication, be my guest. But I would prefer to have that open communication and to work with them and not against mm-hmm. them. That's my hot take. So. Next question. (laughs) Hi, my name is MJ. My pronouns are she, they. I love you, Mercury. I have a weird question that I didn't know counted for the handyman hotline, but I have a cat who is sick, long-term sick, but not super bad or anything. He just sneezes a lot, and he has a lot of snot. And so maybe this is very outside of, like, y'all's realm, but... Is there something you can think of that would help either get the spot off the wall? Uh, because I am a renter, so every time I've been, like, scrubbing with a magic eraser, 
And it does the job, but it does it after, like, scrubbing each spot of snot for, like, 20 minutes, which isn't feasible for my whole apartment all the time. Or something I can put on the walls by the spots that I know he, like, naps and stuff because that's where it's worse. Basically, do you know much about cat snot and how to get it off things or prevent it from sticking? Because it seems like... It is, like, the most durable substance at this point in time. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> I, you know, this was not on my 2023 bingo card. <laughs> Being asked on the podcast about a cat's knot was not something I thought we were I going to so do I was so excited today. when I heard this voicemail. <laughs> I, I love you, Maggie. That is, okay. MJ, MJ, I, I love you. Um, mm-hmm. Is this in the scope? of technician work <laughs> i would say yeah yeah when it, com- when it comes to cats mj and you want to send me pictures of your cats just have an excuse to send me a picture of your cat buckle up motherfucker i'm ready to go okay okay you also started the 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 voice message by saying you love me and i think you automatically win me over whenever you tell me how great i am um so <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get down to the brass tacks, okay? Mm-hmm. How do you get rid of snot <laughs> on a wall? Well, let's just say, how do you get rid of anything like that on a wall, right? We actually yeah. talked about it early in the podcast. I think a steam cleaner. Yeah, I honestly think true. I think the steam cleaner is like the stupidest fucking great answer. I think you want to test it yeah. before you use it. I think you want to like test it on cardboard, see what the pressure is, see what the like, heat's like. Mm-hmm. Start slow, you know. But I also think even the whitening spray, the equal lab stuff that we talked about, if there's mm-hmm. any staining problem that's happening, I think that would work too. You talked about the magic erasers. That's great. But sometimes you need some like type of, of like abrasiveness on yeah. it. They make those anti-scratch pads. Those like little scrub pads for kitchen mm-hmm. stuff that it, that has like that like abrasion on it, but it doesn't scratch anything. I think like a scrub daddy would be like... Is the scrub daddy that? that? They they have that they have that like very scratchy texture, but it doesn't oh. actually scratch. So a scrub daddy would be a good one yeah. in that one. Oh, someone literally just said scrub daddy on our live stream. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I would go that route. I think that that would be great for cats. Not yeah, I bet the steam cleaner would work really well because it would it would you know because the the problem might be that it's hardening after. Oh yeah, you know it's like drying into this like. <laughs> I can't, I can't keep a straight face and talk but about also, this. But also, I just want you to know. It's getting dry and crusty. I, I just pictured this cat. I just pictured this cat, like, just walking up to the wall and just, like, staring at it, going <laughs> right at the right, Just, like, putting his snout, like, snout right on the tip of the wall and just being like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> I don't know. But also, how snotty is this cat that you have to call me Aww. for the help? Like, what? <laughs> this poor cat. I think you need to take this cat to the vet and ask them what's going on. Why is he blocked off in his nose? <laughs> I think that's so fucking adorable and uh, uh-huh. cute. But also, how, what can you do? Long term. term. Yeah, long term. I think, A, you use steam clear to clean it. And then you get some type of backsplash. You know what I mean? You get something like clear oh, yeah. backsplash. Or you even get the type of wallpaper, that mm-hmm. peel and stick wallpaper. Yep. That does not, that's like apartment friendly yeah. or renter friendly. And you just put that in a section. Yep. You know what I mean? I think that might be enough. And if you're looking like, oh, what kind of wallpaper would you suggest? There's a mm-hmm. lot of brands out there, like a shit ton of brands. Not all of them are created equal. 
But someone who's my mutual does yep. a really good job being at bloom. bleem, being blooms on TikTok mm-hmm. and Instagram. Stephanie is wonderful. Yeah. She does all of this DIY interior design she stuff. She has her own line now of she wallpapers. Has her own line. Peel and stick wallpapers. Yeah. So go get her wallpaper. I highly suggest it. We haven't tried it, mm-hmm. but you know, well, maybe we should order some and give it a test. Yeah. But I bet you it's great yeah. because she's really dedicated to oh, yeah. making sure that people are taken care of. Well, and, and there's like, she uh, reviews peel and stick tiles too, which yeah. might be good because the tile itself like would be Ooh. easy. To clean, you know, like I, the, the I'm faux just, tile. I'm I'm always weary of tiles. The peel and stick tile always makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. But I bet you, if she recommends it, it's probably good. Just be mindful. She's done some as like backsplash in her kitchen. Yeah, on you the could. Drywall. You could also just get you know our acrylic sheet. Yeah, that's what know? I was thinking too. And just get three commando strips. Oh, command strips, commando. Yeah, <laughs> they're not wearing any underwear, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, get three command strips and then just make sure when you take the command strips off, you pull that tab yeah. sideways and then up. And it's just like a, a clear plastic sheet. Yeah. Kind yeah of, acrylic like sheet acrylic is like plastic is... glass, yeah. basically. Right. Like it's yeah. what you have in picture frames before right. you, you get glass for that. Typically, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? At a store or something. So I, I recommend that. If that's the road to go. So, yeah, yeah I think that, that should be good. I hope that answers your snotty question. Yeah. Uh, also, MJ, MJ, if we were ever giving out like, you know, Mercury Awards or, you know, <laughs> Handy Awards, I think yours would be the, the, the most unique question we've got <laughs> on the podcast. Like this would, you yeah. would get a fucking trophy mailed to you for this one. Uh, Matt, rem- write that down, Matthew. We need to make a little handy <laughs> award episode, and we need to make sure that yeah. we get her a specific um, a little award. trophy. Yeah. yeah, a little trophy. They d- great question. <laughs> Fucking great question. Killed it, MJ. <laughs> a little trans handy cat. <laughs> <laughs> all the trophies have to be cats. All of them have cats or cat paws. They all got to be. Oh, my God. Let's go. Another question. So cute. Hi, Mercury. My name is Emily, pronouns she, her, and I have a question about hanging something heavy on a wall that probably has electrical wiring behind it. I have a coat rack my aunt and I made together out of an old fireplace mantle. It's probably about maybe 10 pounds, and I'm wondering what the limits of command strips are. If it's safe to drill into a wall that the electrical box is on the other side, or if you have any creative solutions for how to hang it. Thank you so much, and I love your show. Bye. Well, Emily, I'm going to confess something to you. (laughs) A few months ago, we were (laughs) trying to hang something in the studio, Mm -hmm. and I was in a hurry. I, I, I typically am. Mm-hmm. And I took what I would call a wall dog. It's just a wall anchor mm-hmm. that is like a screw, an all-in-one little wall anchor. has big flanges on. And I just went into the wall, willy-fucking-nilly, and went boom. And it, I, I hit this electrical box so hard, I almost pooped myself. <laughs> um, I hear, I heard a click. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it hit the, it. Hit it. Yeah. And it made this metal, unmetal noise. And I went, whoo! <laughs> like I, my, my, I've never sw- my my tongue has never wound up in my butt that fast in my entire life. Like I swallowed like, and I I damn near passed out. I gotta tell you that uh, no, I would never hang it uh, on a wall. I mean, you know, 
if you know exactly where that electrical box is, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, just recently I, we moved into my new apartment, right? And we have an electrical box on one side of the wall, and the other side we had to hang a TV. Oh. But, but, you know, you hang it a little higher than that electrical sure. box is, and you move it over to the side. And you want to make sure you use the type of stud finders that actually have electrical, like, finders on there. The magnet trick is great, but I would always supplement that if you know there's electrical components in the wall nearby, right? right? Like, if you're going on a stud where that stud is directly holding an outlet, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if you have an outlet right above where you're going to hang something, there's probably some type of wiring that's going through, probably in conduit, but sometimes not. It could be <laughs> it could be in codex. It could be in some plastic wiring. Who mm-hmm. knows? You never know what's in the wall. You never know what people try to get away with. Right? So all that being said, I think if you're working with things that you where you have electrical stuff in the wall, especially electrical box, you want to make sure that you are using a stud finder that can help you find electrical components in the mm-hmm. said wall, right? Mm-hmm. They're usually like 40 to 60 bucks, right? But worth it. I mean, your life is more important than saving yeah. money here, yeah. right? And if you really want to hang that coat rack, that's the price of admission you got to make, <laughs> right? That's a part of the DIY you're doing, right? Now, how do you hang it and have success? Now, this is a good question. Now, how strong are command strips? <sighs> I, I don't know about a coat rack, because then you're I, weighing it down. I with, don't know. I, I feel like yeah. the best one is the one that Maggie probably knows what I'm going to say, but mm-hmm. I'm not like a huge fan because it is going to leave a mark on your wall. Yeah. And that is the alien tape. Mm-hmm. The alien tape is probably the strongest command tape like out there that mm-hmm. we have found. I don't know if it's strong enough to hold long term. Yeah. But if it adheres to the paint and the drywall itself, it might be pretty strong, but maybe no more than I, I would. I wouldn't hold a cat on it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't want a cat to jump yeah, on it. Don't be hanging bags on it. Yeah, don't be winter oh, coats. Yeah, don't hang your purse on it. I, mm-hmm. I think that's a recipe for that be ripped right out. Um, but I do think you could try it if you're okay with repairing drywall. Mm-hmm. That is the price of because it'll usually like peel off like the top layer, right? Yeah. I mean, another route you could go is get a really long. Like, however big this wall, if this wall is 10 feet, you get a really long piece of, like, lumber. Mm. Like a one by four, right? And make mm-hmm. it look nice, stand it to look real nice. Hang it kind of where you think you want to hang it. Decorate it, make it look nice. And then go stud to stud on one side of the wall all the way across to the other side of the wall. Now, there isn't going to be, there probably isn't going to be electrical panels or anything in that close to the doors or that mm-hmm. close to the corner of a of a wall. But that could be a decorative thing. But then also that's where you can put the, the hanger. So now you're sure. on you're on studs. You're on studs. So now that that, that wood becomes an active stud. Mm-hmm. Now you're it's not thick enough to hold a really big screw, right? right? But with that and the drywall that's probably a minimal of quarter inch, you can put like a half inch screw in there and not be afraid so to the, do it. The board would run Vertical or horizontal? Horizontal. Horizontal on the wall from yep. stud to stud. Yep. And then that board becomes a stud. Yeah. I mean, that's yep. kind of a, that's definitely a workaround. Yeah. And that's definitely a commitment. But you're basically actively putting a rail system in. Mm-hmm. You're you're actively putting some type of like decorative railing in. Mm-hmm. I, I think that could work. I think that you, someone is like, almost like a French cleat. 
Kind of like a French. I mean, honestly, you could make a French cleat. You could. You know what a French cleat is? I don't. A French cleat. Know. So picture this. Yeah. You know, I'm holding my hand kind of like it's up in a scoop, right? Mm-hmm. And I take my other hand and it's in the reverse scoop. Oh, yep. And mm-hmm. now it's like this. Yeah, I know what you're talking right? about. Right? Like, so I have mm-hmm. my hands are clasped together but towards each other mm-hmm. in like a clasp right like yeah. they're holding each other that's what a, a french cleat is is it, this yep. little bite it's this little hug of the wood that has a slant in the back and mm-hmm. a slant in the front and they and they work with each other right and you could something like a french cleat and then make that a, yeah, make I can your see that working and make that your 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 uh, coat rack mm-hmm. make that like put some notches in one of the the cleats and that could look decent. I mean, that's a, that's a really good suggestion that one of the live streams gave. Cool. So I like that idea. What do you think, Maggie? Yeah. that's. I mean, we've done that before when we didn't have a stud to hang a TV on and used an extra board to go stud to stud and then hung the TV where we needed to. Yeah. And here's so, the thing. You, you yeah, just, it can definitely work. When you have an electrical panel, you have kind of what goes directly vertical mm-hmm. into it. Not Typically not horizontal. Doesn't mean it's not, though. It does not mean it's not, <laughs> right? I, you cannot say anything for certain, right? Right, but, but vertically, it's up and down. So anywhere, anywhere below or above that electrical box is a no go. Mm-hmm. And where that electrical box is, if you're on the other side of the wall, is a no go. But if you find a stud like two feet on sure. the side of it, and then another two feet on the other side, you're you're, you're fairly you're fairly safe. You're yeah. fairly safe. You still need to be mindful of where that those electrical outlets are and the switches are. Sure. But that's always. That's always. And I think if you have the magnet trick that I have where you find the screw in the wall with the magnet, mm-hmm. and then you also have the stud finder to kind of supplement that knowledge and double check your work, I, I think that's a road to go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool? Sounds good. Yeah. Way to go. Mercury's killing the game today. <laughs> Last question. Hi, my name is Bree. My pronouns are she, he. My boyfriend's toilet won't flush fully. Sometimes it does, and other times it only flushes partially, and sometimes not at all. I opened the tank and checked the handle, the float, and the flapper, and they all seemed fine. Well, the flapper looked a little crusty, so I'm going to replace that anyway. But I'm unsure if I need an auger or if I need to remove the toilet and check below. If it's something I could do myself, I'd really love to do that and to save some money. And then I also got an update from them. I have since replaced the flapper, and we're still having flushing issues. Okay. The first thing I'm going to ask is how tight is the chain Mm -hmm. to the flapper, Mm -hmm. right? Now, when the handle goes down, the handle on your toilet is connected to the flapper. The flapper is not a 1920s dancer with a cool bob, okay? <laughs> the flapper is what we call this rubber little gasket mm-hmm. that kind of like flops right up, uh, above a hole that goes into your toilet bowl. Right. That's what connects your toilet tank water to your toilet bowl water, okay? And when you push the handle down, this chain on this little rod that's connected mm-hmm. to the handle mm-hmm. goes up and pulls that flapper up and then... That works. Now, the way that it typically works is the flapper has these little flanges on the side that when it goes up, it kind of like surfs mm-hmm. on the water. Yeah. And then that, it coasts itself down as that level of the water starts dipping. Right. Like you're on the beach, right? And that and tide goes out. Same effect. As that is going out, it kind of pulls things with mm-hmm. it. It's pulling down that flapper, right? Right. And then it falls in there now what happens when a flapper goes old 
or if something's wrong in the toilet bowl or, or there's a high calcium buildup, there's a lot of weird shit that can go wrong if you have mm-hmm. like the wrong, you know, balance of chemicals in your toilet water. Sure. But if something's going weird or that chain is really loose, when you go up, it's only slightly opening that oh, flapper. Sure. So if it's, it's really lifting it all the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. So I would check and change the, the, the you want to make sure it's really nice and taut. So when it is not doing anything, when you're just opening up the tank and you're not pushing down that handle at all, I want to make sure that's nice and taut. Not too taut where it's just like constantly flushing, mm-hmm. but taut enough that it's really like all you need is a little tap and then thing is going. Right. That could be what's going on. It might not be. Now, you mentioned like if you don't know if you need to get an auger and, and do it. Now, maybe... May, mm. There is a chance there's an air pocket that's in your toilet oh, that's sure. in one of the S-curves that could be causing some issue. I don't know for sure. But if you try the flapper problem and you try the chain, right, and that's not working, then I would go get yourself a closeted auger. And that's mm. not an auger that's coming to terms with the sexuality. <laughs> uh, that's an auger that's in like a sleeve, a plastic yeah. sleeve that can go up and down. And it's like specially made for it. It's also called a toilet auger. Toilet auger, closeted auger, whatever you, people call it. It is designed for a toilet. And it is the length of that actual toilet, of the inside of the S-curve. Okay? So okay. I would go that route if the flapper chain is adjusted and doesn't work. Okay? Now, I think that's it. That That's what I would throw in there. Oh, yeah. Someone said in the live stream... Also, if the lever on the the actual mm-hmm, toilet mm-hmm. has multiple holes where it can go, that's also sure. true. Sometimes they're plastic. Those little handles are plastic, and they have multiple holes that can change instead of the chain or blah, 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 blah. Right. That's one route, too. But I think that's basically it. I, I'm, I'm 90% sure we answered both of those possibilities. Mm-hmm. If none of that works, I mean, that's when you just change all the guts in the toilet. Yeah. That's when you change your fill valve and your flush valve. You talked about the float. Honestly, fuck the float. Just change the whole goddamn right. thing at that point. Just the whole fill valve gets changed. And if that doesn't work, there's got to be some type of air pocket we're not getting to. Mm. It has to be. There's the only other explanation for it. Oh, because uh, like the air pocket's preventing the water from actually going yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, there is, there's toilets that are equal-friendly. Mm. And equal-friendly just mean shitty flush. <laughs> you know what I mean? It really does. They're not really equal-friendly. They're never... No one, no one in the you use warm water on an sure. equal friendly one because you got to flush it twice than sure. you do otherwise. So like, I equal friendly usually just means wasted water to me. <laughs> um, but that's the hot take on that. You might have a fill and a flush valve that are mm-hmm. with that brand that's designed to be equal friendly, but I don't know for sure. Maggie, what do you think? I think you got it. You think I got it? Yeah. Did I solve the problem <laughs> and everyone's problem? And did they solve the crisis in the world? <laughs> yes, I did. One toilet at a time, everybody. One toilet at a time. Yeah. I shall, I solve the world's shitty problems one flush <laughs> at a time. Everyone, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the handy ma'am hotline i want to say thank you to everyone who is helping making this podcast happen our wonderful matthew allen hag maggie our amazing team ziggy and basil and raymond who are always helping out with various things behind the scenes and i want to say thank you to all your ear holes um for listening (laughs) to this and making it happen 
Uh, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast and help us get out and, and be heard by more people. And as always, remember that my book is coming out on August 22nd. That's Safe and Sound, a renter's friendly guide to home repair that is available everywhere you get your books. We are trying to sell 100,000 copies by August 22nd, and I think Ooh. we're around 22,000, 23,000. Mm-hmm. We're doing pretty damn good. So help us keep that energy going. And until next time, remember, you're worth the time it takes to learn a new skill. Bye-bye. The theme song was created by Rody Walker. Questions were picked up by our production assistant, Ziggy. A big thank you to our executive producer, Basil. And this podcast was recorded and edited by Matthew Allen Hag. Thank you for listening. See you next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Handyman Hotline, you can listen to an even longer version by supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, $10 or more, you'll be able to get an extra long 30 to 45 minute section every single week. Isn't that amazing? More of me and Maggie. Wow! So thank you so much for all those who already support us, and you too can support us and listen to more on our Patreon. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us keep the pirate ship alive by supporting our sponsors, the wonderful iFixit. They fight for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides to make your life a little bit easier. So grab your head.